0: Welcome to Archer Talk 101 podcast, your guide to better archery skills. We'll bring you the latest tips, tricks, and expert advice, but that's not all. We'll also have interviews with top archers and industry professionals, and reviews of the latest gear and equipment, and much more. Archery hunting in sub-zero temperatures is the ultimate challenge. Uh, hello, my name is Roy Canterbury, host today on Archer Talk 101. And in this episode, we're going to discuss the precautions uh, that you need to take to ensure a safe and successful archery hunt during the colder months of the year. Uh, now, here in Nebraska, the temperatures can get below zero. Uh, it's routinely, you know, still during hunting season. Our hunting season ends uh, for archery end of December, and we can get some really cold days. So uh, today. Um, isn't quite so bad. But uh, here this last week, we had temperatures like minus 15 and winds from 20 to 30 mile an hour, which gave us, you know, it's like some wind chills of minus 45 to um, degrees, you know, minus 42 C is kind of the equivalent. So that's really cold. Uh, So what I did was just to kind of get some idea for you is I went out and uh, Googled Wind chill chart and it popped up one from NOAA and it has their wind chill index it gives you the wind uh, speed as well as temperature and then there's a chart that gives you your frostbite you know time that you have for your frostbite and it gives us about 10 minutes before you'd have frostbite out in that temperature with those kind of winds and exposed skin is going to start getting uh, frostbite and freezing and staying there too long and you can actually be very very dangerous and you can lose fingers and noses and whatever is exposed so you got to make sure you're prepared for it Uh, as well as be prepared in uh, your vehicle as you're traveling you know whether you're in your car or your truck always make sure you have something extra to help help keep you you know warm in case those those things do happen you know, extra warm boots or socks or extra blankets or, or anything that'll help you uh, stay warm. Now, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, the dressing. Uh, you, you know, you need to dress properly for the weather. You know, you, you see kids, it's out, you know, single digits or even below, and you'll see people out with a short pants uh, or or out in the t shirts or something. Uh, you, you know, that's that's not a very wise idea to do. Uh, You at least need to have something with you. So here's the real key to staying warm when it starts getting cold. And that is layering. You want to layer your clothes uh, so that you have a good mix of stuff. So you don't have, uh, try to depend on one garment to keep you warm. So to start with on your base layer, you want to have something that's moisture wicking. So that's going to wick away the moisture. And that way it keeps your skin dry. And then the next layer is what keeps you warm. So that could be, you know, whatever elements you want. There could be a downfield, a filled, or, or anything, whatever's going to keep you warm. And then the outer layer is what's going to protect you from the elements. Uh, you know, if you're going to be in an area where there's a lot of water, you need something that's going to protect you from water. If you have something where there's the wind, something to protect you from the wind. You know, if you can't keep the elements out, the warming layer is not going to help you. So you want to consider that and what you're going to use. Uh, you also want to consider when you're going in, is, as you're walking in, you don't want to be layered up so as if you're going to sit there and stand, you know, either sit in a blind or sit in a tree stand or a ladder stand, uh, whatever you want to do, you need to be dressed for appropriately. So as you're walking in, you don't need as much insulation, but when you're going to be sitting, you need to put it on. Uh, So that's something you need to think about as you're going out there and doing that. Now, one thing, don't forget the hat. You know, you're going to lose a lot of heat through your head if you don't wear some kind of a hat, you know, whether you have a baseball cap on and then a hood or or whatever, or a mask, you know, nice, nice warming mask, uh, you know, that's all going to help. So next thing, don't forget your fingers. You know, your fingers can get cold very easily. Uh, You know, a little hand warmer uh, helps out, you know, keeps them, you know, a little more toasty. You don't have to have it quite so cold, Um, you know, and it's a good idea to bring extra layers. You know, if the weather turns worse than what you think, you're going out and it's going to be this temperature. All of a sudden, a cold front comes through and all of a sudden the temperature drops or, you know, worse yet. If you have to spend more time than what you thought. Uh, you may need some extra layers or blankets or something to help keep you from, uh, you know, getting getting cold. So now let's discuss some conditions, you know, on your hunting. Um, you can have snow and ice that can make it more difficult to move around. So, you know, make sure you have boots, you know, that's going to give you some good traction as well as, you know, help you vo- avoid slips and falls. Uh, The right boots are going to help keep your feet warm. Uh, You want to kind of, you know, you don't want to have a boot that's rated for, you know, minus 60 and then it's 40 degrees out and you're trying to walk in with them because it might get cold. So you might need to change change your boots or put covers on or something. So you just got to think about all that stuff before you go out. Now, it's always a good idea to bring a map or a compass or GPS or something to navigate in case you get turned around or lose your way. You know, this is, you know, if you're an area that you know very well, it's easy to find your way back out. Uh, even in the dark, you know, there's there's no way you can get turned around and get to the wrong place. You might have to walk them you have to. Then it may not be important. But if you're in an area where there's a good amount of woods or something, or in a new area that you're not familiar with, you need to get familiar with the terrain before you go out and, and plan your route. And, you know, someplace you can even use markers. You know, those little reflective tag. Tags that you can put on those little pins, or even the, the marking tape that you can mark as you're going in, find your way back out. If you're not going to go back in, go ahead and take them down with you as you're coming back in. You know, that's that's one thing you can do to you know make sure you don't get lost, because uh, that can mean you're going to have to spend some time out in the forest, and that's why earlier we talked about make sure you bring extra stuff in case something comes up. Now. The other thing you want to consider is the impact of the cold on your equipment. Um, you know, be, sur- be sure to keep your bow and arrows in a well-maintained and good working order. You know, the strings on your bow can become brittle in the cold. So it's important to keep them waxed, you know, well-lubricated. That's going to help them out. Um, if you're out in an area where it's, you come in and you it might be a little mist or rainy coming down or snow you and it melts on there and it freezes know that can affect them so you have to think about that kind of stuff when you're in in some of this extreme cold temperatures uh, you know now additionally you know the cold can affect your arrows you know they can become stiffer just like your bow uh, the bow is stiffer so it may be harder to pull back you know all that you need to take into account and it might be worth it to go out and do some practicing on some of these real cold days when you can't go out and hunt and take your bow out and see how it acts when it's still warm and then stay out there for a while, see how it acts when it gets really cold. You know, it's better to know now on a day when you're not hunting than it is when you go out hunting and you find out there's there's something, it works differently. Uh, you know, if you got moisture and you're using like a drop away, it, it may freeze and not drop. And so, you know, look at that. And you know, okay, let's say you don't have a drop away, get a regular rest. You know, what happens, you know, when that gets cold? Uh, or even a biscuit, you know, if you got moisture out there, those fleshing are going to go through that biscuit, so you need to know what's going to happen, you know, if it does get a little moisture on it and does freeze, your arrow may not leave that biscuit like it's supposed to, so that's done something to, you know, think about when you're going out. Um, now, nothing is a good idea to bring extra strings and arrows in case you have any issues. Now, if you have a compound bow, Bringing extra strings isn't going to really help unless you bring a little portable bow press to work on it. And a lot of the new ones that are beyond parallel limbs, you're not going to work on with a special uh, press. So if you're just going on a day hunt, extra strings probably wouldn't do you much good. But if you're going on a long trip one, you know, like you're going out of town you're going to be gone for a week or two hunting, I'd go ahead and have an extra set of strings because if they do have a problem, you can always take that, find a pro shop, that can put them on for you. And then do some shooting, and you're back in there. Um, what what you may want to do is take those strings, you know, while they're still good, and you're all sided in, all ready to go. Take those off, and you know, package them up so if they're ready to go. You don't have to break them in and put your new one on. Break it in between season. Now you have this extra set of strings. Worst case happens, you cut a string, cut a few strands. You know, you don't want to hunt with them. Go to a pro shop and say, okay, put these back on few shots, make sure everything is all good. And then you're back up and running. You know, that's something you want to think about, you know, depending on how long you're gonna be gone as well as how long, you know, it's gonna be between when you leave and when you come back. Now, like on a recurve or long ball X string is easy to change. You know, so you don't have to worry about it. I just bring your extra one, you have a problem because you're only gonna string them at night anyway and restring them. So changing them is, is not a big problem. So now let's get into talking about, you know, the animals you may encounter on your, on your hunt. Uh, besides what you're hunting for, there could be other animals out there. Um, you know, you want to keep an eye out for tracks and other signs of wildlife, you know, and use caution when you're approaching the animals you come across. Uh, you, you don't know what they're going to be doing. You know, they, if they're a, an animal like a, a wild pig, uh, they may come running towards you or they may run away. You never know. Um, you know, that's the thing you want to look at, too, is when you have, uh, if you're in an area where there's large predators, such as bears or cougars, you know, it's a good idea to take extra precautions and be aware of your surroundings at all times. And besides, when you're walking into your hunting area, you want to take a look at what all is around. You you don't want to just kind of look down and go, because you you may get your your shot on the way into your hunting area, which also allows you to look for predators that you wouldn't want to encounter. Uh, Now, here in Nebraska, we don't have bears, uh, but there is some lions around. Uh, Not a lot of them. They're kind of more afraid of you than you are them, but you don't want to come up on them. Uh, So you always need to look at what's going to be out there. Now, one thing you want to remember when you do come across these animals know what your hunting regulations are and laws are laws are and be respectful of the animals and their habitat you know you don't want to disturb them because you know what if you have an animal in there and you're watching this animals doing something if another animal comes in you can watch that reaction and see what they do um I know there was there was one time a little bitty spike butt come walking around is hanging around my tree stand, giving me lots and lots of shots if I wanted. But you know what? I figured he's a good decoy because he's not what I'm going to shoot. He he's he's gonna let me know when a bigger butt comes in because he's gonna start looking at it. He may run off. So you know, use use them if you, you can to be indications for uh, what can happen uh, you know, with other animals who are starting to come in. Now. And generally, you know, your, your your safety in general is something we'll talk about here uh, for a little bit too. Uh, you know, it's important to be prepared for any situation that may arise, you know, bring a first aid kit. You Always have something because, you know, in the cold weather, it don't take much to open your skin up. Uh, it don't take much. It's, it's just that something about that cold. Uh, it, it You can, you know, cut yourself a little easier. Uh, make sure you have a flashlight. Now, I bring more than one flashlight. You know, I have a couple of those little mini mag flashlights. I have two of those. I keep with me on, on a little belt. And then I have a bigger flashlight, and uh, sometimes I might have two or three extra flashlights. I have a nice, really, really bright one that I carry if I need to look at something really bright, and I have the small ones helping that. Help in so, you know, I might have two or three flashlights with me just just to make sure I have, you know, light because if you have a battery go bad or a bulb goes bad. You know, I've had that where I go in with one flashlight and all of a sudden it quit working. Well, I put it away, grab the other one and I can still have a light. So it doesn't hurt to have extra ones there. Make sure, you're, make sure you have, you know, plenty of that. Uh, bring along your knives. If you have these saws, you know, uh, for cutting branches or or if you, you get deer, you know, my, you know the, those tree saws will work for, for um, you know, helping them process the deer. Uh, then you want to keep, Make sure you have with you. Keep something along to communicate with others. Now, most nowadays everybody has a cell phone. Yeah, you know, don't always have a signal. So, if you're in an area we don't have a signal, you might need a two-way radio, which I used to have with me as well when I go out. Uh, I'd have one, and my son would have one, or my partner would have one. And then, when it's ready to go, you'd say, "Okay, hey, we're ready to go. Uh, I'm getting down. I'm walking to your tree stand." Uh, or I'm walking out. So that way they know you're coming. Um, now you want to check your, your game laws because, you know, some places you can't communicate traffic of, of deer movement. You can't radio them and say, hey, you got a big one coming your way. Uh, you know, that that can be illegal in some of your areas. And to a radios, once you key that mic up, anybody that's within range can hear it. So you just want to make sure that you're not using it for, you know, movement of of game Um, now let's say you're hunting alone two-way radio don't do any good cell phone may or may not do any good depending on where you're at if you're in an area where you don't have good cell reception then you may not be able to call so that's important to let someone know your plans you know and then check in with them and see what are they you know What are you doing? You know, let them know I'm going here. Here's where I'm going to be at. I'm going there. I'm going to be done hunting at this time. And then if I do get something, then, you know, maybe a little bit later, uh, if you can get to a place you can call, and you you know, then call and say, hey, um, I'm tracking a deer. You know, I'll I'll let you know when I get it and then check in. You know, that that just keeps the person at home knowing that you're okay you're out there especially when you're hunting hunting alone if you're hunting with somebody it's still important to check in but not quite as important as if you're all by yourself you know that's kind of the things that we can look at uh, when doing that you know there's there's a lot of other conditions you know there's there is some some conditions that you just don't want to go out you know like that day i was telling you about earlier where it was you know minus 15 minus 11 and with 20 25 mile an hour winds uh for one i'm not going out and hunting in it uh the deer with those kind of winds they're not moving they're finding someplace out of the wind and they're gonna sit uh you know whenever i've hunted in high winds like that the only time you either see the deer they're either running or you don't see them i've never seen them walking in those kind of winds because they get spooked they're just running because they don't know what's going on either. Because they heard some noise, heard heard something, seen something, something spooked them, and they're and they're running. So, uh, you know, days like that, you're better off if, if you can avoid it. Just stay home on those those really really dangerous days. Because, like I said, you know, with that kind of a wind and that kind of temperature, you got about ten minutes exposed skin. You're starting to get frostbite. So, it, unless you have to be out then I would kind of avoid that. So once again, my name is Roy Canterbury. I've been your host today on Archer Talk 101. If you'd like to take archer skills to the next level, you might want to check out some coaching. I've been coaching for over 25 years and I teach the secret techniques that the Olympic archers use to hit the mark they're shooting at. So if you'd like to find out if coaching might be for you, I have a free 15-minute consultation call. I'll leave a link in the description below on how you can contact me to uh, fill out a form. And then we can schedule our time to see if coaching might be for you. Once again, it's a free 15-minute consultation call. See if coaching might be for you. And it just could be what you need to take your archer skills to the next level.